listening to Mississippi's most unapologetically conservative podcast. Where the truth is told and liberals are exposed. Liberals are exposed. Welcome to Mississippi Matters with your host, Will McLeod. This podcast is about educating you on politics from Mississippi to Washington, D.C. So strap in and enjoy the show. And now your host, Will McLeod. And we're back again. Got a lot of things to talk about. But we're going to do what we do best. And that is educate our listeners. Uh, We want to welcome you to the show today. We have a special guest, uh, John T. Williams. And uh, Mr. Williams is running for uh, house seat uh, in District Number 28, I believe, there in Hernando, Mississippi, which is going to be in the northern uh, part of the state. John, are you there? I am. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Will. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. Man, I want you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell them a little bit about your background, your occupation, and uh, what you plan on doing if elected to this House seat. Sure. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I am. You did get the district right. I'm running for uh, re- state representative, District 28. That covers uh, basically Hernando, the central, the south central, one third of, of DeSoto County. And uh, I'm a lifelong resident of Hernando, sixth generation Mississippian. My parents are originally from the Delta, a couple of small towns called Marks and Lambert that some of your listeners may be uh, familiar with. But uh, I attended Hernando High School, and then after uh, after Hernando, I went to Ole Miss and and got my accounting degree there. And then I continued my Christian calling, and I completed my uh, post postgraduate studies at Mid America Baptist Theological Seminary up in Germantown. Uh, I've worked all most of my career, my 25 year career in financial services and accounting industry. Uh, I've held positions at multiple Fortune 500 companies, and currently I. Uh, I'm working for a. I'm the senior account director for a company called Lease Crunch. That's the uh, kind of the nation's leading lease accounting solutions provider. So I uh, sit all day and uh, work remotely from home and teach CPAs across America how to account for leases. If that sounds like <laughs> something that that interests you, <laughs> uh, but I am running for for state representative. Um, well, well, for a number of reasons, I, I truly believe that a lot of people are like me, and they are sick and tired of not just the radical socialists. You know, we don't really see those radical socialists in Mississippi uh, that much, thank goodness. Uh, but we're also sick of these corrupt, weak rhinos in, in Jackson. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm sick of these politicians that run under the veil of the Republican Party and they campaign on all these, you know, great uh, uh, conservative ideals. But once they're elected, uh, they, they don't vote that way. And so we, we just have way too many politicians in Mississippi that run on the Republican Party. They'll wave the flag at election time and say they're pro God and, you know, they support low taxes and spending. But the truth is, once they're elected, they're allowing uh, God to be taken out of the classroom. They, they, they pass regulations that kill small businesses. They don't think twice about increasing the size of government and spending and increasing taxes. 
They cave the lobbyists and special interests. And I got to tell you, Will, if we're just being honest, and you're going to find out real quickly uh, that, that I am not a politician. I'm, I, I'm, I'm straightforward and to the point. And, and if we're just being honest, in Mississippi, Democrats have hijacked the Republican Party. Absolutely. And I am sick of it. And I feel like, you know, the days of sitting idly by and letting other people fight our battles for us have passed. That if we want to change the course of direction in our nation, we've got to leave our comfort zone and get involved. And that doesn't start at the White House and work its way down. That starts at the comfortable and works its way up. And I just figured one day if I, if I wasn't willing to put myself out there and try um, you know, to do what I could to, to change our state and our government for the better, then who would? And so I, uh, I went out on a limb after much thought and prayer and, and said, I'm going to give this a shot and see what happens. You know, the amazing thing to me is that we have embraced this climate of career politicians, uh, mm-hmm. men and women that have become so detached from their communities and, and they've become part of this elitist network where they know better than their constituency. And they forget that this country was founded on common men and women like you and I, who had careers, who had trades, who had giftings. It was men and women like that that built this country. They were not career politicians, but they were preachers. They were, they were, uh, uh, tradesmen. They were poets. They were, uh, people that were what we would call blue collar, mm-hmm. but we're living in a society where where uh, today we have politicians that have never built business, they have never worked in the private sector, they have worked for government their entire careers, right? And somehow they believe they know better than you and I what our families need. And so yeah, they, um, they've never experienced, they've never experienced the uh, stress of trying to figure out how to meet payroll on Friday. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. the, the other side of that is this, uh, you speak about uh, your background and having a degree in theology. Uh, I've been in full-time ministry for 20 years and uh, currently the mm-hmm. lead pastor of Christian life church here in Flowood, Mississippi. And one of the amazing things that I hear is that uh, Christians need to stay out of politics. Uh, ministry no. needs to stay out of politics. Uh, Jesus wasn't involved in politics, and uh, we need to quit being social justice warriors, and, and we just need to leave that to the politicians, and we just need to keep our mouth shut and just tell people about Jesus. But the truth of the matter is, is this country was founded on God-fearing men. And a lot of people forget, but 34 of those men that signed the Declaration of Independence and a little more than 34 that signed the Constitution, these were theologians. These were preachers. These were men of God who helped to build this country and lead the revolt. And uh, so, so there's this movement out there, even in the Republican Party, that would tell men like you and I that we just need to keep quiet and we need to let them handle the business. 
We just we just need to stay out of this and and let them deal with it. But we're not going to be silenced. We're 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 not no. going to keep quiet. We're going to stand on biblical values and principles and morals because that is what conservatism is. That's right. And the Republican platform is a conservative platform. And what we have is you mentioned it a while ago, but we have Democrats that are running as Republicans for for our listeners Mm -hmm. out there. We use the term rhino. And on this podcast, we pride ourselves on educating our listeners. The word rhino means Republican in name only. These men and women that are running as Republicans, they are not true Republicans. They are not holding to the party platform. These are Democrats. And so talk to us a little bit about that. You had mentioned it. Uh, I'm seeing, and and I'm, I'm, in a lot of ways, I'm really, really encouraged and somewhat amazed at the movement that I see uh, taking place across the state of Mississippi, these grassroots efforts where we're seeing people young and old, people that have never been involved in politics, true conservatives that are coming out and running Mm -hmm. primaries against these incumbents. And you and I know that in the Republican Party, it's taboo to run in these primaries, to, to go against our own is sure. is is a cardinal sin in the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter right. is this, is that if we send them up there, they're not conservative, they're not legislating as Republicans, then they need to be fired, they need to be sent home, and we must find candidates that will replace them. That's absolutely right. And you know what's encouraging to me is we, we hear a lot of talk in, in this country about the younger generations, but I want to tell you something that, that a lot of people haven't figured out about the younger generation, and specifically with Generation X. You're seeing a lot of 30- and 40-year-olds, mid, you know, mid-aged people in the prime of their career that are becoming fed up, that for some reason seem to have a better vision of the future of the road we're headed down and a sense of urgency that we have to do something to stop this. And you're seeing it more in that 30 to 40 year old. Maybe it's people with young children. Maybe that's the, the common thread there, but you're seeing the Alan Sibley's and the Lauren Smith's of the world and, and, and people, you know, our age that are, that are saying enough is enough. We don't care about establishment rules or, or taboos or cardinal sins. We care about doing what's right. And, and we answer to God and God alone. And I don't answer to the Republican Party or the Mississippi GOP. And I'm not trying to, to bash the GOP, but, I, you know, I'm trying to, we are truly concerned about doing what is best for the country, not what, and, and for our state, not what's best for our pocketbooks or the good old boy network work or even the party platform. Because look, if, if everybody says we need this big tent, I hear this a lot. We, you know, the Republican party needs to be a big tent. We need to, you know, gather all these people. And as long as we're defeating the Democrats, then we're, we're, we're winning. Well, if you're defeating Democrats with other Democrats, then what have you accomplished? <laughs> Absolutely. 
Now, so forget the Big Ten. Let's get true conservatives in there that will uphold and stand up and fight for all the tenets of the Republican platform. And the two that seem to be forgotten so easily by, by the, I would say, probably 95 percent of our current elected Republican officials in Mississippi tend to forget those tenets of the Republican platform about lowering taxes and cutting and reducing government spending. Absolutely. You know, I, I wrote an article for the Mississippi Freedom Caucus back uh, last year sometime uh, when I was making the, a joke about how hard it is to, you know, find uh, truth in today's world. You know, it, whether it, what what depending on what news source you you search, you know, if you Google something, you've really got to dig and 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 read multiple articles and really know your source to be able to find the truth and we're talking about just truth and reporting and i made a comment in this article i wrote uh, everyone seemed to think it was funny but uh, i said you know trying to find the truth in today's society is about as hard as finding a mississippi republican that will vote against a spending bill <laughs> and it's true it's sad true. but this it's true. true absolutely well what we've become is tax and spend republicans Yes, which is which is just the Bush and Bush McCain Republican. Absolutely, I've noticed that. Absolutely, you know, and 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 I know you you mentioned young and old, and and I don't want to get into the weeds here, but I've noticed a trend, an interesting trend, and I'm not trying to pass judgment on anyone, but I have noticed that a lot of those big government, big spending, tax and spend, uh, so called Republicans are baby boomers. Yes, sir. And, and I, I have found that interesting. And I'm not trying to throw baby boomers under the bus, but I, I think it's that whole, uh, the after Ronald Reagan, you know, the, that Bush-McCain era where we just, after World War II, in fact, is I think when, uh, you know, we had some major amendments to the Constitution in 1913 that I don't know what they were, what was in the Kool-Aid uh, in 1913, but uh, that, that drastically changed uh, America. But after World War II, we just saw the federal government take off. And, and and it's just never slowed down. And that's what my generation of Americans, Generation X, have realized that, guys, this is not a Republican or a Democrat thing. This is not uh, about a party platform. We're talking about preserving the, the, the union. Uh, because if we don't stop the growth of government, we will live in socialism. It, it can only end one way. And we've got to slow this, not just slow it down. We got to reverse this trend and get back those founding principles, those Christian founding principles that our country was founded on, those principles that made us the greatest country on planet Earth. And if we don't do that, we're done for. Well, what people do not realize is this. This, what we call the great experiment of the United States of America, it was built on a foundation. And right. when you begin to build on anything other than that foundation, we're building on, on sinking sands. That's right. What people fail to realize is, is what got us to where we're at has worked. You cannot keep what we have built in America if we deviate from the plan of our founding fathers. 
The minute we move away from the Bible, the minute we move away from the value system, the minute we move away from the structure that was created, which was designed to be small government. And and what mm-hmm. we've done is we created a monster after World War One. We created mm-hmm. a monster, and now that monster is demanding to be fed. Mm-hmm. And That's we're, exactly right. we're feeding the beast, and the beast is continuing to grow. That is that is that is the nature of it. Um, the problem we have is that, like you said before, there is no contrast between the Republicans we see in leadership today and the Democrats. There is no contrast. That's right. The 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 left and the right wing belong to the same bird. Absolutely. And what, what people fail to realize is those men and women that are truly conservative, that are taking a stand for the party platform. They are being targeted by their own party. Mm-hmm. They are being conspired against by their own party. They have a lieutenant governor by the name of Delbert Hoseman that is systematically mm-hmm. targeting these conservatives, seeking mm-hmm. to have them removed from their seats, going so far as to redistrict and and take someone like Melanie Sojourner who yeah. who stood yeah. against Delbert Hoseman and his cronies, and they systematically come up with a plan to remove her district entirely. A yep. woman who was elected by seventy plus percent in her district. Mm-hmm. And her district was removed and given to two Democrats. On top of that, a Republican supermajority in this state at all levels. And yet we grow the only Democrat district in our state. <laughs> yeah. Under and the we assign a, th- a third of the chairmanships of the Senate committees are assigned to Democrats. Uh, of, 16, really? of 16 Democrats, <laughs> he gives 13 of those chairmanships. Yeah, and, and let me tell you, you know, you're talking about Delbert Hoseman, and, and, and I love Melanie to death, uh, talked to her in, in a message thread and, and quite a bit, and she, and she got shafted, and that's all there is to it. And I, and I pray, I, I truly pray for her often that, uh, that God will restore her in a, in a way tenfold greater uh, you know, than, than in a position to, to make a difference and have an influence than where she was uh, due to that uh, political the targeting and persecution, uh, and let's be clear, by Delbert Hoseman. And and I want to tell you, I, I love Chris McDaniel too, great friend, love him to death, do anything for him. But we have uh, both the greatest opportunity in my lifetime to make a difference in Mississippi by electing a true conservative as a lieutenant governor than in any other time in our state's uh, history. If we can get Chris and Lieutenant Governor, we could at least offset or neutralize the House. Because if you, if you talk to uh, uh, Democrats, the last four sessions, 
that Delbert Hoseman has, has been in office, the Democrats consider those some of the most successful four years uh, of, of state legislature in, in the Democrat history. Absolutely. I mean, they're just tickled to death. And so the, my concern, though, is Chris, and I've shared this with a number of people, is Chris really has, we've got to help him in every way possible. He's got an uphill battle because he has to beat half the Republicans and all the Democrats. Absolutely. Because the Democrats are all going to be on board with their fellow Democrat, Delbert. And, and the Republicans are, will split, and hopefully they will split. Hopefully we can convince enough Republicans to, you know, to vote for them. But we have an uphill battle. And, and whether we win this one or not, though, well, we're not done. We're just getting started. See, they, that's what they think. They think they can target us. They think that they can attack us, and they can send out negative mailers, and they can attack our, our character and all of this, and they think that we're going to go away. But I got news for them, Will. I've gone toe-to-toe with the devil, and I live to tell about it, not because of anything I did, but by the grace of God. And because of that, I fear no man. There is nothing on earth, on, on, on this planet earth, that, that I have fear of. And their intimidations, I don't answer to them. I've already received my reward and everlasting life, and nothing that they can do can change that. Absolutely. And so I don't care what they think. I don't care what their opinion is. I don't care what they, how they attack me. They, they, they're, they're on a losing side, whether I win my election or Lauren or Alan or Chris wins their election, we're not stopping. We Absolutely. are just getting started. Well, he, here's the deal, and, and this is what our listeners need to understand. For those out there that consider yourself uh, evangelical Christians, th- this, is, this is not just a political battle. This is a spiritual battle. We have a mandate. Uh, I want to remind people, you know, and again, I say this every episode, but I want to remind us that, that our founding fathers, the men that built this nation, that there were things that are recorded in history, statements and positions that they took and that they made. And we need to be reminded, folks, you need a, you need a, I'll tell you what we need in this country. We need a revival of history. We need a revival of of, of an education of history. But one thing that I mentioned, and and I'll bring this up here in our conversation, John Hancock, one of the first signers Mm -hmm. of the Declaration of Independence, uh, on page 229 of History of the United States of America, volume number two. Now, folks, we didn't write this. This is preserved in history. This is what he was quoted as saying. Resistance to tyranny becomes the Christian and social duty of each individual. Continue steadfast Mm -hmm. and with a proper sense of your dependence on God, nobly defend those rights which heaven gave and no man ought to take from us. That's right. Absolutely Friend, right. The, 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 these founding fathers; these were men that prayed. One of my one of my one of my favorite people uh, from 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 history is William Penn. Mm-hmm. These were men of of of. They, these were not religionists. These were not people of religion. These were people that feared God. Mm-hmm. And see, that's what a lot of people don't understand, uh, John. Is is that you know as conservatives we're demonized as Christians we're demonized but but folks let me remind you of something 
True conservatism is tolerant. The left that That's claims right. to be tolerant is not tolerant. The left no. is only tolerant if you agree with them, but they will destroy right. you. They will destroy your life, your career. They embrace a woke culture that will do everything they can to destroy you. It's right. demonic in its nature. It's evil. But but we have to keep in mind, true conservatism says, hey, we're going to stand on our principles, our values, and our morals. We're going to stand on the word of God. We're going to do what's right by a fellow man. But if you don't agree with us, if for some reason you don't agree with us, we will defend your right to disagree. Absolutely. We will I will defend- gladly give my right for, the, for, the, for my next door neighbor to worship Absolutely. Allah. Absolutely. Now, See, I hope through my relationship with him that maybe he, he can to yes. know my God. But whether he does or not, I yes. will absolutely give my life for his right to do that. Absolutely. See, that's what that's what people are failing to realize is true conservatism says, listen, we're going to worship our God and we will give you the freedom to worship your God without scrutiny, without ridicule. Folks, true mm-hmm. conservatism is beneficial to society as a whole. That's exactly right. The same way that Jesus Christ was, was, was demonized for his message of peace and inclusion is the same. It's the same reason we're being, our message is being smothered. It's being killed. Because mm-hmm. it is dangerous to the left. Right. See, the truth of the matter is we, we don't we can take stands against things. We can have disagreements on issues, but but we're not looking to destroy the left. We're not no. looking to destroy them or their reputation, but they are looking and, and, to yeah. destroy. And, and let me tell you, our country was built on the principle, uh, well, one big principle of, of compromising in that we don't need to, comp- the, the, the conservatives need to quit compromising, but we need to listen to the other side's opinions and ideas because, you know, they, sometimes they have legitimate points. They, you know, if, if one of the parties, if the, if the, the Democrats or the liberals uh, had their way, we would we would all be living in socialism and, and, it, and the world would be destroyed. If the Republicans had all their way, we would be living in an oligarchy where, which we kind of are, where you know the the power and the money would reside with a few. And so there is a comfortable medium we have to find. The problem is the left comes to fight every day. They they are very honest and upfront about what they believe in. They don't hide it. They don't try to pretend to be someone they're not, and they come ready to argue and fight for their cause day in and day out. The Republicans, on the other hand, we don't. We, we take that silent approach, you might say. And, and I want to tell you, I've thought a lot about this. You, you, if you'll give me a few minutes, I want to sure. tell you something. You, you, when you first asked me about my history, you noticed that I, I graduated from Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary, the most conservative Baptist seminary in America. And you probably wondered, even though you didn't ask it on air, why is this guy not passing a church? It's a valid, a valid question, right? Absolutely. Well, I want to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you a little history about myself, and I'm not necessarily saying that I was right in this history. I'm just telling you the truth. When I was in seminary, 
I uh, served in internships and and youth pastor and and, and different roles uh, at, at several different churches. And you know what I saw? I saw a broken church system that had become nothing more than a, a, a being in the ministry for me, at least the experience I had when I was in seminary, was nothing more than babysitting a bunch of baby Christians, a bunch of adult whinies, you know, crybabies. Absolutely. And, 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 it just, and it did not coincide with what I'm learning in seminary and my, my study of the Bible just did not match up with the way the American church, the direction it was going in. And, and, and so I actually chose... Now, once again, maybe this was sin. Maybe I should have stood up and fought then. But I chose to not go into the full-time ministry because I was so disgusted at the status that the American church had become, what it had become, and what I could see that it was going to continue to become. And if we're going to pass blame uh, and, and just be totally honest, the American church and I'm not talking about the individual, you know, uh, members of Christ. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about our brick and mortar buildings. The American church needs, it's, it needs turned upside down. It is completely revamped. We've got, if we want to save this country, we can fight these political battles all we want. But the only thing that's truly going to save this country is if we have heartfelt, true, revival another great awakening in this country and well i got to tell you i really believe it's coming absolutely i think the people are right for it we've seen that in kentucky and we're seeing it all over i'm telling you within i don't know that i'm not god i don't have a crystal ball but it is coming and it's coming soon you are so right in everything that you are saying i as a full-time pastor uh can attest to everything that you've said one thing on our website there at Christian Life Church of Flowood that we tell people is that we're not your typical church we don't believe in Mm -hmm. just inviting people to church but we believe in taking the church to people right see part of conservatism says it's not government's job to take care of the less fortunate but we have a biblical mandate But when the government thinks that they can seize our money, steal our money, taxation is theft. It's theft. To take our money. Yeah, and and when the government, here's another thing you brought up about government taking care of everybody. None of us want to see starving children or any time in America or, shoot, anywhere in the world, if we see someone in need the i think the american people are probably the most benevolent people on the planet earth absolutely that have ever existed on the planet earth we will bend over backwards and do everything we can to help everybody we can and when the government gets involved and takes over uh filling that need what they're doing is actually against biblical principles in that they're taking away the opportunity for god to work in the heart of someone to you know, sacrificially give to help others. They're hindering in their, in their great cause, in their mind that they've convinced them, oh, we need to help the starving children. I don't want the children to starve, but if government would back off, it would be a wonderful opportunity for the community to come together and to provide for those needs and those services. We're not going to let it go unnoticed. 
the government doesn't have to get involved. And they're hindering God working in the hearts of people by getting involved. You know, here's the deal. And I have to slow people down all the time. When you hear the argument, well, you Christians don't care because you're against us taking care of 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 the poor and the needy and and uh, you don't want to see Medicaid expansion. You're evil. You don't want to see uh, the enlargement of the welfare system. You're evil. But the truth of the matter is this: is as Christians, we have a revelation. The revelation is that it is up to individual families and it is up to the body of Christ to see about those. The Bible gives us explicit instruction. Paul told us in the New Testament, he says it is up to the family to take care of their own. And when there is no one there to help them, then it's the church's job to see after these people. And, but but here's the and deal. if we get the government out of the way, Absolutely. you will see an unbelievable uh, resurgence of community and yes. love. And, and, and uh, I mean, we're going to take care of, of the, you know, they, they talk about the, the babies, uh, you know, now that abortion is illegal, we're going to see this great influx and babies being put up for adoption. We might. Okay, but that's a wonderful thing because that gives us an opportunity to care for those little babies as a society. The government doesn't have to make us do that. We're going to make sure that those babies are taken care of and provided for. And what a wonderful display of humanity to give us the opportunity to do that and to give God an opportunity to do that. And, And the government doesn't have to do anything to take care of those babies. We'll take care of them. Absolutely. You know, uh, I'm a non-denominational pastor, and uh, I am not Catholic, and I'm not Mormon, but looking at both of those institutions, they are both Mm -hmm. good examples of what benevolence is. Both the Mormon Mormon church and and the Catholic church— They do an amazing job of not only taking care of their own, but taking care of the less fortunate. Catholic charities, Mormon charity, they do a tremendous work. The problem with the evangelical church, and you said it a while ago, and it absolutely disgusts me, is the evangelical church, the denominational segments of Christianity, we have bought into the public welfare system. Yes. We have because because it makes us feel good to go to sleep at night knowing that the babies are taken care of, but we've yet we've taken away God's opportunity to perform a miracle. But well, not only that, not only that, but it it helps to justify mm-hmm. our motive to build these mega churches and these multi billion dollar mega ministries. It's an opportunity Mm -hmm. for the institution of the church to keep their money, Mm -hmm. to keep their money and build their kingdoms because they know the government will take care of the less fortunate. Right, right. See, that's the disingenuous nature of of the, the westernized 
Christian culture. It, it, it is. You're, you're absolutely right, Will. I have spent quite a bit of time in Central America, specifically in Nicaragua, uh, working in some ministries uh, that some friends of mine are missionaries down there. Uh, I've spent literally months in Nicaragua, and there is a huge Catholic influence down there. Absolutely. Okay? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, but, the, uh, and of course, they're down there, you know, spreading the gospel. But here's the thing. The, the average income in U.S. dollars in Nicaragua well, I think it's about $5,600 a year. All right, they are broke, okay? But they're not poor. There's no starving children. There's no one going without food. There's no one without electricity or, or gas, or, you know, if they are, it's because they don't want it. But they have the uh, this wonderful sense of community, and, and, and everyone helps one another. And I have never seen such a, a a happy group of people and so committed and loving with one another as you will find in these poor, what we consider poor third world countries that we feel like we need to go down there and, you know, and give them a bunch of Nike Air Jordans and T-shirts and stuff, but they don't need it. Right. They're, they're just as happy and, and fan, they, uh, uh, the American system in a lot of ways has created this problem, uh, the system as we've allowed it to, to become. And, and the thing about the, you know, back to the, like the Republican platform, <laughs> I tell people all this all of the time. You mentioned the denominations, you know, the Methodists think that it's okay to do this and the Presbyterian think it's okay to do this. And the Baptists say you shouldn't do that. And it seems like we spend all our time in America arguing over idiot, you know, stupid semantics. But the thing is, God didn't ask my opinion when he wrote the Bible. Did he ask you your opinion? Will? Absolutely not. So I assume that since he didn't ask for my input, I assume that whatever he gave me and whatever he wrote in that handbook is what he expects me to live by. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And if I'm a person of integrity, then I'm going to do the, my best. Now, I'm human. I'm born of a sinful nature, so I'm not always going to be perfect. But I should do my best to live by all of the principles of that. Uh, of his handbook, of his word. Absolutely. Well, the same thing with the Republican Party. I am sick of these Republicans that say, well, I'm going to be a Republican about everything except this, you know, big government, liberal spending, cutting taxes thing. I, I don't want to uh, abide by that. Well, that's like saying, you know, if you don't think the part in the Bible about, you know, where, where, where Jesus turned water and the wine is correct, then how do you know the part where Jesus died on the cross for you is correct? Right. You either believe all of it or you don't. And so you're either a Republican and you, and you support the platform or you don't. Absolutely. And if you don't, you just need to call yourself a Democrat and be done with it. Yeah. Or I would have more respect for you if yeah. you did. Or, or run as an independent. Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of middle road. I'm somewhere in between. Yeah, just run as an independent. Yeah, but and I want to tell you, I'm running as a Republican, but I'm not real happy about it because the, the Mississippi GOP, the 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 status of the current Republican Party in Mississippi disgusts me. Absolutely, absolutely. And I almost don't even want my name associated with it because of how many. Now, I'm not saying and there's some good people within the Republican Party, but how many people who truly are Democrats and, and independents have, have called themselves Republicans just for the sake of getting elected. And, and they're not people of principle. See, see this just is what be who you are. And, and see, this is what independents and Democrats don't realize about conservatives is that conservatives, we believe in calling balls and strikes against mm -hmm. Republicans or Democrats. 
Before we're yeah. Republicans, we're conservatives. We are conservatives. We are constitutionalist before right. we are anything else. Uh, Patrick right. Henry, one of the uh, ratifiers of the U.S. Constitution, uh, page 402 of Sketches of the Life and Character of Patrick Henry, he was quoted as making this statement. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, mm. not on religions, right. but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very mm-hmm. reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here in these United States. Right. That's exactly right. Friend, and that's true all concern. we have to do is, is, is turn, and not turn the clock back, but turn back to those founding principles of our nation, which are founded on biblical principles, which benefit everyone. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. It benefits all of us, if applied in its truest and purest form. Absolutely. If we corrupt it with, you know, with, with backroom deals and, and, and not, you know, doing what's right, then, then it's a different different deal. And, you know, the, the message that, that I have to people is what me and Alan and Lauren and others are trying to do, uh, what we're doing, we're doing out of love, out of love for our fellow man, out of love for you, for our next door neighbor. Because I do care about my Muslim neighbor being able to worship. That actually means something to me. Absolutely. I don't want to kick him out of the country. Absolutely. I want him to live in a country where he is free to do that if he wants to. And, 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 and it's not about the politics of it. It is about us loving one another and trying to work together to yes. save this country. And, and it's really not about politics at all. And the principles that the country was founded on were based in the word of God, which by the way, most major religions of the world are based in, have biblical foundations in them. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's not okay to murder people. If you're a Muslim, that's it. It's in the Quran. You know, most real religions of the world uh, abide by the same kind of moral code. And, and that's what the principles of our country are founded on. We were just lucky enough to have a, a genius group of guys to put it all together for the first time in, in the history of mankind. And, um, and if we don't, you know, get back to that and preserve it. Well, I heard Chris McDaniel say this in his speech, uh, when he was announcing he ran for Lieutenant governor, you and I are joint heirs to a revolution and brother, it is our turn to defend that revolution. Well, and that's part of the reason that, um, many, many of, of our Republican brothers and sisters despise Chris because he represents patriotism. He's a true mm-hmm. patriot through and through. He's a fighter. And unfortunately, and I told Chris, we sat there and ate, uh, he and I and Melanie and uh, Pastor Dan Carr, we sat there and ate lunch one day at Table 100. And uh, I told Chris, I said, listen, we're living in a, in a social climate. We're being a fighter, being seen as a fighter is unpalatable. Mm-hmm. It's unpalatable in this society. All right. They would rather you be a people pleaser. They would rather you be a yes man. They would rather you to just be a compromiser. But if you stand for something and you're unwavering, 
you're going to be seen as belligerent, rebellious. They're going to they're going to say you're grandstanding, that your ego, yeah. narcissistic. I mean, the attacks have no end to them. You're self-serving. Yep. But what people don't realize is true conservatism is compassionate. Yeah. Real conservative. And that's the problem we have right now in the Republican Party is our message has been diluted. They are diluting our message. Our message is pure. Our message is good. But as conservatives, our voice is going to have to be louder than their voice. Right. And we're going to have to remove them. Uh, Let me ask you this. Uh, Gilbert Hosman uh, is supporting Robert Taylor as Mississippi's new uh, superintendent of education. Uh, That's supposed to go to a vote today on the Senate floor. Listen, let me ask you a question. The greatest asset we have as Mississippians, the greatest asset we have as Americans is our young people. That is our greatest asset. Our our investment, the greatest return we're going to get on our investment is investing in young people. But what I cannot understand, and tell me your thoughts on this, for a Republican lieutenant governor to get behind a man like Robert Taylor who made statements such as this, that Mississippi is the most racist state in America, that he's a firm supporter of critical race theory, affirmative action, and he believes in the removal of historical monuments both in Mississippi and around the nation. How can someone be a Republican and support such a liberal Democrat? And of all things, listen, this is not a nomination to be over the janitorial department. This is a nomination to be over the Department of Education in the state of Mississippi. What what are your thoughts? Well, we shouldn't be surprised. Uh, I I interned for Dr. Adrian Rogers uh, for for a year and a half when I was uh, in seminary, and and he had all these great one-liners. And one of the things that I heard him say oftentimes is, you can't blame lost people for acting like lost people because they don't know any better. They're lost, right? Makes sense. Well, you can't blame a Democrat for acting like a Democrat. So it doesn't surprise me at all that Delbert Hoseman is coming out in support of this man. I don't personally know Mr. Taylor. All I can do is read and research what I do know and, you know, what, uh, like you have done, like you just, the things you just said. And it, and it doesn't sound to me like that's the kind of guy that I want in charge of our children's education. Now, he may be a fine gentleman. He may be a fine person, but I'm not hiring him to be a nice guy. I'm hiring him to be in charge of education in in the state of Mississippi. So, uh, you know, I'm not surprised. Uh, No one should be surprised that, that, that Delbert would support him. Um, You know, in fact, the, the one thing I would caveat, I would say, I have done, you know, gotten to know Delbert Hoseman's uh, reputation and record so well that if Delbert Hoseman supports it, if I'm not familiar with something, I'll just choose the opposite of whatever Delbert's for, and I'm probably going to be on the right side. Now, as far as education goes, as far as education goes, I want to tell you, we've got a problem with education, and here's the problem. We keep throwing money at it. What, like 42% of the Mississippi budget we spend on education? Okay. Right. At what point do we keep spending more money on education and it doesn't, and we're still 50th, it doesn't improve? When are we going to sit down and have the tough conversation of saying, you know what, guys, 
spending more money is not on education is not the only problem that we had in education in Mississippi and spending more money on it is not going to fix it. There are other things that it's going to take and other conversations that we're going to have to have if we want to improve education in Mississippi. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, we we and it's just it's the the system we've designed. And one thing I think we can do is is pass school choice. Now a lot of people say, well, and I'm in true universal school choice. And here's the reason why. Yes. Competition for those of us who have worked in in the real world understand that that competition is good. You know, it, it, free enterprise is good. I'd actually, if we had universal school choice in Mississippi right now, I don't think that many parents would take their children out of out of the public schools. But by threatening to take away that dangling carrot, all of a sudden, if we pass it, I think you will see a dramatic improvement in education in Mississippi simply because we threatened to take the carrot away. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, I don't think that allowing kids to go to any school they want is going to solve education either. But I think it would be a stepping stone to encourage the public education system, rather the government run education system. Uh, to step up its game. It needs some competition. Well, that's exactly right. You you would think in a state like Mississippi, when they introduced the charter school system, that people would have embraced this. But again, education has become a monster. We have created a monster that we must continue to feed. And it seems that the more money we pump into public education, the worse it gets. It gets, right. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. But yet you can take a charter school that if they don't produce results, they don't get paid. And those schools excel. And the ones that don't, they close down. But that's just like any other business. The other side of that is you have private Christian schools that are offering a better education at a fraction of the cost. Right. They're turning out a better student. Universities and colleges across America would rather have a private Christian school student enroll in their university. They sure. perform better. They are an overall better student. They're a better member of society. They're an absolute better member of society. And let me ask you this. Um, we got to wrap it up here soon, but w- w- with a supermajority, in the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and then we could not get the income tax eliminated, and we have a governor saying, if you will get me the bill, I will sign the bill. Mm-hmm. And you have someone like Delbert Hoseman and his and his cronies, the ones toting his water, mm-hmm. that claim to be conservatives, men like Dean Kirby, and you right. want to derail the opportunity to remove the income tax in the state of Mississippi and allow us to be more competitive, to be more like right. our neighbors in the South, like Texas and Tennessee and in Florida. Yeah. We talk yep. about. And, 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 go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the solution to that is real simple. You get a different lieutenant governor. Absolutely. Lieutenant governor is the most powerful position in Mississippi, and that's the importance. Uh, of, of uh, and I, you know, I I like Chris McDaniel, but if there was another option, I don't care who it is, anyone more conservative than Delbert, and we could have gotten that path through. Absolutely. And, and so that's the key is getting Chris or you know, or uh, some other like-minded conservative uh, elected 
uh, um, you know, to to lieutenant governor, and then you change the whole dynamics but, of the state of Mississippi. But, but here's the problem: it, it, is that we can't just hold Delbert Hoseman responsible. We have to hold. Yeah, those no, Republicans. I understand. He had the power to kill it. Yeah, we got to. No, we need to replace all of them. We Everyone need to them. replace every single one of those Republicans that stood in the way. They need to be removed. We need to primary yeah, every single one of them. Every single one of them. And we've been trying for two years going around the state, uh, a, a big group of us, uh, you know, the MPVR folks and, and, and Steve Hopkins and I and Alan and Lauren, we've been trying this state for two years, uh, doing everything we can to, to find candidates and, and to raise up candidates to, you know, to run for election. And we've got 15 or 20 statewide, but we need, you know, we need more. We, we need, need three more. times that many. Absolutely. And Absolutely. yeah, and it's going to take more than one election to to do it. And I'm sure you know, not a hundred percent of us win uh, our elections, but that's okay. We've got to we've got to be in this for the the long haul. And and here's another thing: not just abolishing the income tax, income tax, but Mississippi has the highest tax, sales tax on groceries yes. in America. Yes. You know, you should not have to pay a tax to eat in Absolutely. this country. Absolutely. And that should be a Democrat, Republican. Everybody should agree with that. Why can we not get the grocery tax? We had two, the last two legislative, last two fiscal years combined, uh, upwards of a two and a half billion dollar surplus, and we couldn't afford to, you know, to to get rid of the grocery tax. Two years. I in. mean, it's just it's it's asinine. And those, those those budget projections, and, and we end up taking in two years in a row over a billion dollars over. Yeah, those two years combined are almost two and a half billion dollars, and it's just spent. And, and on what? Absolutely. Well, here's here's the deal: they're going to spend every dime we give them. And, and you know what's that? I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm sure there are some Republicans that did do this or didn't because they were out of fear of being ostracized and being called an extremist. But I'm not aware of any Republicans in the Senate uh, who control the majority of the spending that stood up and said, guys, why don't we consider cutting taxes? Instead of all this talk about spending, how about we give some back? Yeah, absolutely. You know? Uh, and, 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 you know, no one, they talked about, you know, trying to abolish the income tax, but they just spent it all instead of giving it back. And it's just sickening. It's absolutely sickening. Well, you, you know, he, he, here's the deal. So, some of these things are common sense. Lynn Fitch, uh, our attorney general, who ran as a conservative. <laughs> right. Um, she made a statement in a, uh, in an op-ed that the way we build strong families in Mississippi is to expand Medicaid, to 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 expand the postpartum coverage, because when we expand the postpartum coverage, she said it's not only a the right thing to do. She says. But but it actually is going to create stronger families. That that if we give them Medicaid, if we give them public assistance, we're going to create strong families, and strong families is what Mississippi needs. You don't create strong families with programs that are they're supposed to be a safety net. That is a safety net. Uh, it, that is it, not it, how it, you build it, strong Mississippians. 
No, if entitlement programs were the solution to building strong families in Mississippi, we should have the strongest families in the country. Absolutely. Well, the other side of that is this. You see so many, and I don't know about you, but but, but our listeners, listen, folks, you can go to YouTube, put in Mississippi legislature, and you can watch these sessions and these committee meetings live. Every day that they're in session, you can watch them ping pong back and back and forth. And and it blows my mind at the frivolousness and the stupidity that I see take place on those chamber floors. Yeah. It blows it my mind. Men like Chad, uh, uh, Chad McMahon that, that, that wants to grandstand, crack jokes, introduce stupid yeah. legislation just to take up time. Right. I mean, just they they act like it it's a it's a, it's a playground up there, and, and and we'll do everything we can to pass medical marijuana in the state of Mississippi, but we can't and make do, the blueberry the the state fruit uh, and 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 rename highways <laughs> and roads and intersections and right. and and all of this, and, and we stand there and say, well, I'm a Republican and I believe in cutting taxes, but yet I'm gonna stand here and introduce ten new taxes. Mm-hmm. Or fees, as they like to call them. Or fees. Yeah, that's a Republican uh, you know, key word for tax. They, they don't like the word tax. They'll call it a fee. Right. Well, well, what people. I don't understand. <laughs> what, what I don't understand is you're a Republican. We're against raising taxes, but yet you want to, and let it, instead of letting the, the the constituents, the citizens of municipalities vote on whether or not they want a sales tax increase, these municipalities will go to the legislature right. and get bills enacted to to raise yeah. the sales tax in their in their municipality yeah. to increase and revenues and circumvent the will of the people and yeah. circumvent the will of the people. We're putting the tax and burden and on the, the government. Absolutely. Absolutely. You it's just, can't it's just crazy. You can't raise sales tax across the state for your buddies and, and, that are sitting on these uh, uh board of supervisors and and and, and aldermans and, and mayors. You you can't do all that for, for them and then beat yourself on the chest and pat and say, Hey, I'm a conservative Republican. Look look how right. good I'm doing. Right. I'm I'm standing for it's absolutely absurd. It's disingenuous. Um Education, uh, one of the fundamental uh, things in the GOP platform, it says education is a key to economic growth, opportunity, and quality of life. But yet, Mm -hmm. we're not legislating like we believe that. We talk about debt, but we're helping to increase the debt. It says the Mississippi Mm -hmm. Republican Party believes that the national debt is unsustainable causing our country's credit rating to be lowered and generating worldwide economic uncertainty. But yet we're sending up people to Congress that are not abiding by this platform. They vote consistently to raise the debt ceiling. Right. They tax and spend. No one's got to spend. No one. No one. And, And we have to start somewhere. And that's, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I win my race or not. I don't know if there's enough people out there, if I can get the message out en- enough for enough people to vote for me to get elected. But we have to have people of courage stand up, go out on a limb, leave our comfort zones, and we have to try and we have to start somewhere. And it's not going to fix itself overnight. 
John, we have to be in this for the long haul. Absolutely. Tell our listeners how they can go about getting in touch with you and uh, supporting your campaign, and how can they go about getting uh, donations and things of that nature to you? Absolutely. Thank you, Will. Uh, yeah, you can on Facebook. Uh, I guess is probably my main platform. Uh, just search for John T. Williams, and it'll come up. Uh, and if you want to go to the website, and there'll be links to uh, Facebook and all the other social media platforms, as well as my donation platform. Go to williams4ms.com. That's williams4ms.com. Not the letter for, four spelled out, williams4ms.com. All right. What is the one thing your campaign needs right now more than anything? Uh, money for, for, for uh, mail-outs. I am anticipating go. some very hateful, negative mail-outs against me. Yes, sir. Uh, and so my campaign has formulated a plan to offset those, uh, and you know, and that's uh, we've pretty much raised enough to buy all our signs and everything that we need. Uh, but that last you know, six weeks of the campaign to do those mail outs, um, you know, uh, my opponent gave me his word he was going to run a positive campaign, but I've been told by dozens of people that they ran, they plan on running a bunch of negative, hateful. Uh, mail outs against me leading up to the election and um, you know politics is a dirty game absolutely uh, it is what it is you heard it folks you've got to invest money in these candidates listen we can talk about praying for the state praying for the country look you got to put legs on those prayers it costs money I tell people all the time if you want to have revival somebody has to write a check you're not going to have mm-hmm. revival if somebody doesn't write a check. Folks, we're not going to have change unless somebody writes a check. Get rid of that nasty-tasting $5-$8 uh, cup of uh, Starbucks coffee and send that money to your local uh, district where, where somebody's running for office. They need your money. John T. Williams, he just said it. He needs some money. Folks, you can invest in these campaigns. These are conservatives. They're fighting for you. It doesn't matter. Well, well, John's not in my district. It doesn't matter. You can still support his campaign because when he gets down there, he's fighting for you. He's not just fighting for his district, but he's fighting for all 82 counties in the state of Mississippi. Absolutely. John, thank you, Will. uh, You're a part of the uh, Conservative Coalition of Mississippi. uh, tell Tell our listeners how they can go about getting in touch with you guys and becoming a part of that. Uh, yeah, so on Facebook, if you want to uh, search for the Conservative Coalition of Mississippi and join up, you can. Uh, it's a great uh, uh, source to uh, uh, to be able to you know stay in touch with uh, or, or stay on top of, of issues. It's a great message board, a uh, great way to connect with other uh, um, you know like-minded uh, patriots in your area. In fact, we're in the process of setting up. Uh, I guess you'd say chapters statewide in different areas. And we're looking for some folks in all 82 counties um, to to head those up. So please go find the Conservative Coalition of Mississippi on Facebook and uh, or message me. And I can put you in touch with the folks to to uh, to help get that started. Uh, you know, here's another thing. Well, we've got municipal elections coming up next year. Absolutely. Uh, we need not forget just the state elections. We need to start identifying people who can run for every single position at every municipality in the state. 
Absolutely. You know, mayors, aldermen, everything. So be thinking in your communities and, and get in touch with, uh, you know, the, the conservative coalition of Mississippi or Dan Carr, uh, a group, the conservative club. They're, they're another group that's doing, uh, great things. And, and, uh, if you help and you want to help, you get in touch with one of us and you'll find us and we will, um, uh, put you in touch with the people in your area that can help you. Um, you know, start a grassroots area in uh, a movement in your area. There you have it, folks. John T. Williams, and he is running uh, in the Republican primary for House District 28. That is in the Hernando, Mississippi area. Again, you don't have to live in that area to support him. I believe this is a God-fearing man. I believe it's somebody we need to get behind. Send some money to him. Send your prayers to him and his family. Ask that God give them wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Folks, we, we need a revival in state politics. Absolutely. I'm telling you, Amen. it's going to take God-fearing Amen. people. John, we appreciate it. Again, folks, reach out to this man, John T. Williams, and uh, get behind this campaign. Hey, brother, we've enjoyed it. God bless you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and I'm happy to come back on anytime. I love the conversation. Absolutely. Thank you, John. Bye-bye. All right, listener, uh, folks, this is serious business. We, we've got to understand that uh, we, we, we're fighting for the future of our state. We're fighting for the future uh, of our country. And, and we've got to get out there and we've got to get involved. And uh, we also want to thank our sponsors. Uh, we have several uh, new sponsors, and we want to mention uh, those as well. So uh, stay tuned. You're listening to Mississippi's most unapologetically conservative podcast, Mississippi Matters. Mississippi Matters. Hey, folks, have you ever thought about how you can get involved? Well, let me introduce you to the Mississippi Conservative Club of Mississippi. Here you'll find conservative partners for Mississippi. Here you'll find podcasts, websites, social media pages of Mississippi's finest conservatives and conservative groups. The Mississippi Conservative Club is an organization made up of like-minded people who believe that we can make a difference. Our mission is to support and preserve traditional conservative values in America through activism and educating the voter. Conservative Mississippians are laying the groundwork for what will soon be a nationwide movement. We're adding new chapters when we can uh, in different counties across the state, and these chapters are meeting regularly, hosting conservative leaders and speakers uh, to come uh, speak at special events and rallies and things of that nature. And uh, we ask you to become a member. Listen, folks, I became a lifetime member. cost me $299. But don't fret. If you don't have $299, that's okay. For just $7 a month, you can become a member of the Mississippi Conservative Club. Look, invest in this organization and let them fight for you and your family. You're listening to Mississippi's most unapologetically conservative podcast, Mississippi Matters. Mississippi Matters. Hey, folks, are you in the market to buy or sell real estate? Well, let me introduce you to one of our sponsors, Clayton McLeod. He's a realtor and associate broker for Century 21 Mazellan Associates, 
and uh, he's in the Million Dollar Club. Look, this young man is making deals happen. So if you're looking to buy or sell real estate, this is the one you want to call, 601-906-9540. That's his cell phone number again, 601-906-9540. Clayton McLeod, Realtor and Associate Broker for Century 21 Mazellan Associates. Uh, he, he works all across Central Mississippi, Warren, Rankin, Hines, Madison County, Kapai County, Leak County, Scott County. Uh, if you have to uh, sell a home or if you're looking to buy a home, this is the young man you want to reach out to. Again, Clayton McLeod, 601-906-9540. You're listening to Mississippi's most unapologetically conservative podcast, Mississippi Matters. Mississippi Matters. And folks, we have a new sponsor. Do you like tea? Do you like lemonade? Well, Arizona Tea has an Arnold Palmer drink. Uh, I drink it every day of my life. The Arnold Palmer, uh, made by Arizona Teas. I like the diet. It's called half and half, half iced tea, half lemonade. Comes in light, comes in the uh, Arnold Palmer uh, diet, comes in strawberry, and it comes in southern style. And uh, folks, I'm telling you, if you like uh, sweet tea and you like lemonade and you like mixing those together, man, this will be the drink for you. Uh, you know, the amazing thing about this diet Arnold Palmer is uh, they linked up with the king of golf and uh, Mr. Arnold Palmer himself. And uh, a 12-ounce can of this drink is just 10 calories. Man, just 10 calories. Uh, Arnold Palmer diet half and half iced tea lemonade. Hey, you need to get yours today at your local uh, retailer. And uh, you can also find out about that drink online at drinkarizona.com forward slash Arnold Palmer. You're listening to Mississippi's most unapologetically conservative podcast, Mississippi Matters. Mississippi Matters. for tuning in to Mississippi Matters. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as other streaming platforms. Please share this episode with others. Feel free to let us know what topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. Get in touch with us on Facebook or visit us online at www.mymississippimatters.com. 